Welcome to Year 45, where we are young, opinionated, and relatable. It's Moye. It's your boy Ragnarok. Today we got a special guest. Homie from the Horde Nato. I don't know if y'all know that. Is that where you're from? Nah, I'm just not. Nah, man. Yeah, yeah my name is that. You know, Ruben, everybody called me Des for short, but I'm from uh, El Paso, Texas, 915. You said for exactly. life?
point, you know, I had a conversation with my family, a conversation with my close friends who, honestly, I would just say they are my family, um, yeah. about, you know, what the next steps in my life should be. Should I listen to the cardiologist? Should I dial it back a little bit? And I just kind of said, fuck it. I got free healthcare. Let's roll this dice. Okay. <laughs> so wait, did he tell you you couldn't work out for life? And, uh, and basically, he said I couldn't uh, do any heavy lifting. And I know a lot of people's conception of CrossFit is like we're just doing a ton of push-ups and you know flailing around on a on a bar doing crazy core workouts. Yeah, but we do actually do a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, I mean, I'm not a big guy by any means. I stand about. Five six five seven on a good day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, about a about a hundred about a hundred and seventy pounds, but I mean not to gas myself up or anything. But I'm a pretty strong dude. I could squat a little over four hundred pounds, deadlift around four seventy. So I mean we do move heavy weight, and that was what the top of the that's what the doctor was concerned about because. When you do those heavy, those heavy lifts, it puts a lot of strain on your chest, which is going to put a lot of strain on your heart. And the problem is they didn't want it to, the, the valve to get wider and bore out because if it's not, if it gets too wide, it's not going to uh, allow the blood flow to, I guess, to compress and flow the way it should. So that was the concern. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so like I said, I was like, nah, dog, I, uh, I got way too much invested to this. So like I said, I was like, hey, let's, let's see what happens with this. Obviously, you know, I made the analogy, rolled the dice. Obviously, it was not a good roll because uh, I ended up having heart surgery, open heart surgery, about four years later. God. Um, yeah. Um, but, you know. Um, okay, wait, 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 wait. So, uh, this, so this happened here at Coronado when you first found out about yeah. um, getting it? Yeah. And they just yeah, kept man. you here? They kept you here for that long? That's dope, man. Yeah, so so the margin of you 
get to that next level is pretty rough. And your boy, you know, I ain't the smartest. So I, ain't, I ain't dumb by any means, but I ain't the smartest <laughs> cat in the classroom. So, um, but I studied, man. I, I carried around all the material. I studied as hard as I could. I, uh, like I said, this really just put a chip on my shoulder. I had to work harder than everyone else. And then, uh, you know, in the summer of, what is this, 2018, I was hand-selected by my chain of command to get promoted. And, you know, I really accredit that to just everything that I went through up to that point as far as the doctor saying, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that, because I'm the kind of cat that says, you know, tell me I can't do something, then you should sit back and watch me get it done, right? right. So, so pretty much that, that, you know, getting the news that your heart is, is bad, it motivated right. you to even go further than what you were even thinking about beforehand. Oh, 110%. So, so when, when it got to that point where, like you saying four years later, you're you get more you get more bad news that yeah that so and so. Well, how how did you think that? Like how did that change you? Man, man. So actually, that story is a story within itself. Um, I don't know how detailed y'all want me to go into that, but um, you don't have to go like crazy detail, like what you had for breakfast yeah. today and shit. No, 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 no. Okay, so um, I guess it all kind of started in. So I left Coronado, Naval Base Coronado, uh, in the summer of 19, and then I checked aboard the Roosevelt uh, shortly thereafter, right? Um, and I, 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 I want to say like around August time frame, I, I started feeling kind of sick, fevers, colds, chills, night sweats. I'm talking about like I would sweat like crazy. That never happened to me as I'm sleeping. Like my pillow, I would wake up my pillow soaked, right? Um, and it was kind of, I just thought it was a cold, didn't really think much of it. Um, fast forward about a month, my, uh, my grandmother, she passed away and, you know, that was pretty rough for me. Um, and I, you know, I go back to El Paso for the funeral and that night, um, you know, I didn't feel well, but, you know, given the circumstances, I just thought, you know, you're upset because you're, you know, you just laid your grandmother to rest. And, uh, I go home, we had a little, like, celebration of life. Uh, my uncle's house, and I didn't feel well, so I went home, and uh, I went to my sister's crib, and, you know, I'm freezing, and I, you know, throw on, like, two hoodies, some sweats, took a hot shower, turned the heater up to, like, 90, and my sister gets home later that night, and she's like, what's wrong with you? It's, it's, like, boiling in here, it's hot, and I'm, like, shaking uncontrollably. I'm like, I'm freezing. She's like, Ruben, it's, like, 100 degrees in here. So, uh, I decided to go to the ER, same night that we, uh, you know, made my grandmother the rest, and the doctors do some blood tests, and they come back, and they tell me that they think I might have Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. Cancer? And, yeah, so that's how this all started. The night that I, uh, the night that I laid my grandmother rest, I went to the ER, and they came back and said, hey, we think you have cancer. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you could imagine, you know, like, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's yeah. yeah, man, so, you know, um, I didn't really know what to do at that point, if I should tell my family or not. Because um, once I got, obviously, they're not going to do anything right then and there. I had to go see my primary care. But I was yeah. supposed you know, scheduled to go back home in, to San Diego in two days. Yeah. Told my family, you know, it was, it was pretty emotional. But they're like, you know, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, head back to San Diego. They do some more blood work on me. And they're like, okay, we'll rule out cancer, but there's something wrong with you. Like your your blood levels are all over the place, you know, but we don't know what's wrong. That was like on a Thursday or something like that. Do another round Friday, and then Saturday morning, um, I get a call from the ER. The ER calls me. You know, normally when you got a problem, you go to the ER. They make you wait. These yeah. people called me, told me, "Hey, you need to come." I'm like, "No, get your ass over here." Yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird, and they're like, "When can you be?" Here? That's scary. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, they called me at like. <laughs> yeah, but they called me at like 6 a.m. And I'm like, I'm sleeping. So I roll over and I go to bed for about another hour. And I'm like, damn, maybe I should go to the yard, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be okay. here. Hold up. Yeah, day. yeah, exactly. So I, got a I, yeah, I got to pack this little bag, you know. Uh, so, so I showed up to the yard. Uh, no, no, no. So I 
show up to the ER and they're like, and I tell them my name and they're like, oh, he's here. I'm like, he, like, child's waiting for me like that. And um, so they take me to the back and then just a gang of doctors and nurses are in my room. And I'm talking like, I wish I was exaggerating. Probably like 10 people came in and out of there. And I think at that moment, that's when I realized that Whatever they called me for was real. Yeah, it was serious. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that happens. I was admitted into the hospital, and uh, they run some blood cultures. Blood cultures is basically some detailed labs of, like, you know, your blood work. And the infectious disease doctor comes in, and he tells me, like, uh, that I had endocarditis. which was essentially... Infection in your blood, but it attached to my heart and my heart valve. Right. I guess it goes for deficiencies in the body, stuff like that. Um, which was also pretty crazy because he told me that you know, hey, had you waited any longer, you could have died. He's like, essentially, you almost died. Yeah. It was that was that was the first, uh, and that's not the first time I heard that. But you know, as the story progresses, you, you know, I'll let you know. But uh, yeah, that was that was wild. You know, to hear. Because I'm a pretty healthy cat, you know, like I said, I take care of my body, I work out, you know, obviously I have to spend money in the gym. Right. And uh, for someone to tell you, like, you know, you almost died when you've made all the right choices your whole life, eat right, treat your body right, all that, it's pretty wild. Yeah. That's crazy. That's like, that's that, that saying, bro, like, or not a saying, but like that, that theory, like, when you, good, bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people yeah. sometimes, like... Yeah, 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 I agree, but, um, yeah, so, you know, I was in the hospital for about, um, eight days, uh, they were trying to treat the infection, and then the doctors decided, you know, they would put this thing called the pick line in me, basically, it's a permanent IV that just hangs out of you, and I would have to administrate, uh, antibiotics through a syringe daily for six weeks. Damn. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was a pain in the ass, too, because you had to be super uh, sanitary, because you essentially had, like, an open hole in your body, and you didn't want, you already had a blood infection, the last thing you need is another infection, you know? Um, but one thing I'll say to kind of, not I wouldn't say go off topic, but uh, one thing that this whole process taught me is family and friends, man. Like, the minute I told my, that my family that I was in the hospital, my parents were on the road within the hour. You know, they put their whole lives on. Yeah, man, they put their whole lives on top for me. Were there that night that I, you know, I called them. I was like, hey, I'm in the hospital. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. And I was like, you know, don't bother coming. And, you know, they were there within 10 hours, you know. And then all my friends that reached out, you know, I had people come in to visit me daily. Um, you know, just mad love. Mad, yeah. mad love through the whole process, man. That's, yeah. that's definitely what you need. Cause you're at a low point. Yeah. No matter what, you're you're at a low point. Even if you're trying to convince yourself you're not, and you're you know do this, this, and that, you want to hear good, just good, positive energy around you. you know, yeah, man. Go through that shit. That's a hundred. And uh, you know, I've always been a very independent person. You know, I'm 31. So you know, I've been out of my house for a minute. You know, as far as uh, leaving my parents' home. I'm just like yeah, military uh, for a minute too. You grow up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fact. And so it's just kind of like when I, all this was going on, I was like, man, you know, I don't need my my parents. I'm fine. Like I don't. I'm good. You know, I'm grown. And honestly, man, like I, you know, to all the mothers and fathers out there that really hold down their kids to the best, like shout out to y'all because uh, even though I'm 31, man, my parents were there, and I and I I can admit I'm a little bit cocky, a little bit arrogant at times, but I'm a very independent person. You know, I don't got a family. I don't have no kids, nothing like that. But that made me realize, like, I needed my parents for that. You know, for this whole thing. Like, I it made me have it. I always loved them, but it made me appreciate them ten times over. You know, it's crazy. But so, uh, yeah, so I get- to, to kind of like to kind of the fast forward story a little bit into yeah. I want to hear, like, what were your thoughts going into uh, to the heart surgery? Because me personally, oh. when I've people that I know that have had like major surgeries in the military yeah they it, there's a lot of room for error man and there's been I've heard a lot of horror stories like I just me personally if I had such a serious serious surgery that was life or death 
I don't think I would go to the military doctors for it, to be honest. Just because I've heard yeah. stories, man. Like, I know this guy, yeah. he, he went in just to get, like, a, a cyst out his back. And uh-huh. he, they end up fucking almost crippling the dude. Damn, that's wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, thankfully, I didn't have that experience. Um, honestly, the doctors were official, man. They kept it 100 the whole time. Um, just, one, I guess, for me, once you get past, I mean, Rev, you'll probably get the reference. Once you get past the ibuprofen and water stage, and they realize something's really wrong with you, they, 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 they'll, they'll take care of you. So my doctors are great. Um, I mean, Moya knows in the military, too. Yeah, I was. Oh, and I had a well, surgery as well. I, thank God I got my doctors and not his. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the fast forward, what's it like prior to a major surgery? Man. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, I had to administrate those antibiotics for six weeks, right, to try to kill the infection. Because the plan was to kill the infection, then do the surgery. Um, right at week five, right as I'm about to get this damn thing out of my arm, I started feeling a little dizzy, a little lightheaded. My vision was kind of fucked up. So I go to the ER, and they said that I had a miniature stroke. So I was like, damn. Yeah. Are you aware of that? Like, That's... No. Not, not at all. Um, I guess what was happening was clots were forming in my heart and they were breaking off and going to other places in my body and um you know i had gotten swollen ankles before like there was like blood clots in my eyes prior to this like just every day i woke up with something new yeah it was wild but when they told me that i had a stroke um and it obviously it's, it's to a very minor scale because that's not like i just dropped on the floor or nothing like that but there that's at the point when they're like okay these antibiotics ain't working we're gonna have to do the surgery in three days and I was like, damn, because the plan was not to have a surgery for months once the infection was dead. So they were essentially going to go in there with a live infection. And, um, you know, I, I go to the hospital, to the VA hospital, which is like the most depressing place you've ever been. I would avoid it if you can. Um, I, I hated every second of it, dog. <laughs> the um, VA hospital? Oh, uh, yeah, because the Navy doesn't have a cardiothoracic program, which is essentially, you know, heart surgery. So they outpatient you and they outpatient me to the VA. But um, so again, you know, my family, major key, they came out to be with me. They were there within the day. And my brother, my sister, parents, and uh, my nephew. But, you know, it's it's like, man, the night before, um, you lay in that bed and you think of all the things you never did in your life. And or all the things maybe you never said to somebody, just you, because you know when they're gonna open they open your heart up, and you know the chances of you dying are there. So it's just like I can't even describe what it was like laying in that bed at night um, by myself. And I not, yeah, uh, and I say by myself not because my you know family didn't want to be there, but my dad snores so damn loud. I'm like, nah, you, can't, you get y'all can't stay the night. Y'all gotta leave every night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, man, that's it was that's, that's it was, crazy. It's rough. Yeah, crazy, it's uh, it takes it, a lot it, of strength to do that. For sure, to go yeah, through. yeah, and it's a it's a wild feeling to think that that could be your last night on earth. You know, it's yeah. uh, really really emotional. Um, the next day, woke up. Uh, they prepped me for surgery. And I don't know if y'all seen Bad Boys Three yet. Great movie, by the way. Um, I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to throw no spoilers out there. But there's a scene where somebody had to go into the OR, and that's exactly what it was like. All those lights, all those monitors everywhere, the doctors, and I just remember them kind of talking to me. And the anesthesi- anesthesiologist came in, and he uh, he injected the. Anesthesia, and I just remember, boom, out like a light. And it, it felt like a light. Snap. Like a light, yeah, man. Just, and it felt just like the best sleep I ever got until I woke up. Right. It, it was rough. So I think I, I'm pretty sure I saw the photos of when you, I don't know if that was you waking up, but you in uh, maybe after surgery, you had like two yeah. in you and shit, and like. Yeah. Just, it looked, it looked yeah. crazy. It looked like I'm yeah, sure so. your family was seeing you like that was fucking them up. Bad. 
Yeah, so they uh, they have like a breathing tube that goes down your throat. Um, so, because obviously, you know, you're unconscious and it's to help you breathe in case you, thank God, you know, I didn't have any complications during the surgery. But they also tie your hands to the bed. Um, because I guess when people wake up, they're in panic and they rip, yeah, and they rip the breathing tube out of their mouth. So when I woke up, I tried to move my hands and, you know, I'm cussed to this bed. Yeah. And uh, it was it was wild. Um, I was in and out of sleep. But when they finally took out the breathing tube, uh, I really don't remember this, but according to my to, to my parents, the first thing um, that I said is I asked my dad if I was alive. And he said, yes, son, you're alive. So then I waved him closer and he you know, leaned towards me in, in his ear. I told him, you know, I told you I was a bad motherfucker. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> Those were my first words post surgery. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yeah, man. So, but so now, I mean, did you have any more surgeries after that? I don't know. Uh, no more surgeries. I had I had some complications um, after. Uh, first off, I was in the hospital for like eighteen days because now that I have this. Uh, so I have a mechanical heart valve now, right? Um, so you have, I have to take blood thinners, and your blood has to be, you know, a certain variable thin before they're allowed to let you go. And mine was moving, like, painfully slow. Like, every, like I, most people only stay in the hospital maybe three to five days post-surgery. Um, I was there for, like, 18. So, yeah. now, though, are you, did things get better? Did that... Yeah, I would say, honestly, post-surgery, the roughest thing was mentally um, going through things. Cause, uh, so I hear this, because of the heart bump, I hear this tick in my head constantly. It sounds like a clock. It's, it never goes away. I always hear it tick in my head. Um, you know, my life, obviously. Oh, the tenth night is, You know, I, just the, those five months were wild, like I said. It was, and, and mentally, post-surgery was, was pretty rough for me because I couldn't do anything that I normally would have done to, like, help with deal with stress, like work out and stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, I found out that my my career in the Navy that, you know, I had put so much work into essentially will be over in the foreseeable future. Um, you know, I couldn't use my arms cause they ripped open my chest. So I was kind of just, you know, I couldn't do anything. Um, and, and every, every day it was kind of like an internal battle. Um, when I woke up, you know, it was kind of like, all right, Ruben, like I didn't want, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to do anything. I, I just wanted to essentially, uh, lay in bed and feel sorry for myself. But, you know, if, uh, there's one thing that my father always told me growing up was, uh, life's not fair. And, you know, I used to hate when he told me that as a kid. Cause I'm like, what you, what do you, what do you mean life's not fair? We got food on the table, clothes on our back, you know, I got video games, everything's good. Like, what do you mean life's not fair? And it took me 31 years to realize what he was really trying to tell me. Yeah, this just goes back to what you said earlier. You know, sometimes, bad things happen to good people and vice versa. Um, so, like I said, I, every day I had that internal battle to, you know, get out of bed, do the right thing, eat right, you know, try to try to work on my physical therapy, you know, stay connected with friends and family to help me get through it. But honestly, like, for the first time in my life, I really had to fake a smile. Um, you know, even though I had good people around me daily, yeah, um, you know, I had good people around me daily, uh, whether they were here physically in San Diego or my friends checking up on me. But, uh, yeah, I put on a front for about two months post-surgery. It was, it was really hard for me to get, um, to come to terms with everything that has happened to me in the past couple months. One thing, man, I'm going to say, like, bro, you, you're a strong dude, man. Like, I haven't, I don't know, I haven't personally met anybody that's gone through something like that. They were good most of their life, and all of a sudden got hit with some moves that, you know, they're not as healthy as they thought. They were very pro-healthy, had good work ethic, good, made good choices when it came to their health. So, yeah. saying that, and then I love, I love hearing, hearing your story and just hearing stories like this, too. 
So I wonder, like, what do you what do you got to say for for anybody that has gone through something like this, or that is about to, or just yeah, um, from, from a moment where you're going on a certain path in life, and then yeah, un- unnecessarily overnight. Yeah, what would you? Yeah, because you're in a good place right now. You're in a great place. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, honestly, it, that's what it felt like, that everything, like you said, you know, that I had worked towards, or, or, or my my thoughts, my plans, uh, they were taken from me overnight, you know, the Navy was my life, um, and, I, and I, it probably shouldn't have been, but, you know, it was, you know, I'm very, I'm very motivated, dedicated, sailor, you know, man, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna call you for being in jail right now. I actually got a question though before we uh move on how do you i said i actually have a question before we we move on how do you um feel like your strength has changed post-surgery has it affected your strength in any way physical or mental or both uh you can say both I was surprised, um, not as bad as I thought, uh, like I said, 
I have hit 400 plus pounds and I'm a smaller guy. I am. Oh, shut up. The very first day um, that the doctor cleared me to lift, I back squatted because that's my favorite, my favorite movement. And I hit like 305 with plenty in the tank left, which I was super surprised about. But, uh, you know, being that was my first day back in the gym, I didn't want to push my luck. Right. And have a setback because my because technically my chest is still healing because uh, they have, there's like wires in there to help it fuse back together. Um, and mentally, man, whew, uh, <laughs> you know, if the past five months didn't break me between losing my grandmother, losing my career, um, my friends and family issues, going through the heart surgery, having complications post surgery. I don't think anything will. I won't say I don't think anything will because God, you know, I don't know what, what life has in store, but it'll be hard to break me. I mean, even though I hit a low somewhere in between, I know that no matter how dark it gets, bro, like, there's always light at the end of that tunnel. Always. Yeah, that's what's up. That's powerful, yeah, man. man. And, but, uh, and, you know, it's, uh, and now that I know that, that my career in the Navy um, eventually will be coming to an end, I could take pride that, you know, I had set that goal of making MA1, got that, and, uh, yeah, like, I love the Navy, but it's really not my passion, like I said, CrossFit's always been my passion, now, I could get out, you know, be financially stable, disability, and the retirement, all that shit I'm gonna get, and I could venture out and, and open my own gym and do what I really want. Well, bro, low-key, low-key, you could be a personal trainer slash, like, motivational speaker, bro. Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually... That's so funny that you say that because um, I actually just got my first part-time job because uh, I, people say I'm in the military, I, since I'm recovering, I don't really work that much in the Navy. I, I work from like 8 to 1 and then I'm done with the rest of the day. But I actually just got a part-time job coaching at a CrossFit gym. So I got my foot in the door already. You know, I'm, I'm being yeah. mentored by uh, by the owner, great guy, CrossFit Hill, um, Hillcrest Athletic Club. Down in Hillcrest, you know, come check us out. Little, you know, a little advertisement, but uh, yeah, a little shout out. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a it's a good opportunity, man. I, I really yeah. enjoy it. Um, and I'd be looking for you, man. I can I can definitely see you doing something like that. It would just come naturally. Yeah, I'd be the best. I don't really know you, but it yeah. seems like yeah. you would flourish in that role. Say again. I said I don't really know you, but it seems like that would be something that you would flourish in. Shit going on, bro. Ain't shit going on. It was, uh, so it was like a. Go ahead. 
I'd say the most interesting thing I would say in sports going on now is probably the NFL free agency. That's probably the most entertainment we have from sports right now, which is low-key wild. Yeah, it's Tom Brady not being a Patriot no more. It's, it's going to be yeah. weird to see. Yeah, and then uh, the Texans, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. And, yeah, I heard about You that. know, Todd, Todd Gurley got let go from the Rams. And, <laughs> yeah. Come to the Raiders. Come, come home, uh, man. Jay, come to the Raiders. Jay, Jason Witten signed with the Raiders. That hurt. Yeah, that, I'm sure that hurt yeah. as a Cowboys fan. Marcus Mariota moved to the Raiders. Yeah, you don't see me. I, I was like, honestly, football, I fell off in football, man. Like when I, I was big on it before I went overseas. And then when I went overseas, yeah. it's like, just because of the time difference, I had to pick one I sport to stick to. I couldn't follow yeah. it in America. You know, basketball yeah. was just the main one. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, that uh, same same struggle. When I was in Greece, you were watching, you know, Monday night football at like you know, four o'clock in the morning. It was rough. Same. Same. I had a um, so I heard, but it was a debate I heard on. Uh, it was a podcast. I forget the name. It was just a random ass podcast, but I feel like it'd be dope to talk to y'all about. And it was so if. Like the big rappers, big, big rappers, you know, historical rappers, right? If they were NBA greats, who would they be? Ooh. Um, man. So, like, for, for me, an example, so I'll give you an example of one thing. So, I see, I see Lil Wayne as, like, yeah. Kobe. As Kobe? Yeah. Why? Why I say Lil Wayne is like Kobe? Because Lil Wayne came into the game with not being the the not gonna be like the shit. Like he didn't have his first drop. He wasn't big, big. He was on Hot Boys, and at the time, Juvenile was was the right, big thing. Yep. You know, so he was still on his come up. But everybody knew he was nice. But he just didn't get that that shine yet, that that spotlight. Yeah, like showcase. I guess you know. the skill. You know, and then when he finally was able to do that, it was like, oh, this nigga was crazy. It's, yeah, this way. That's why I was comparing them to Kobe, and that's just an example to get y'all thinking. Um, to me, I would have to compare Jay and LeBron. Honestly, to me, I think LeBron. I think when LeBron's career is said and done, his numbers are going to speak for itself. I know there's the debate of championships and you know him losing a couple, but um. I think LeBron will go down as the greatest of all time. And to me, Hope is the greatest of all time. I mean, he's been doing it for 20-plus years. You know, he sold, what do you say? I sold 100, uh, 100 million records by 100 million times? Something like that? Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if I agree with that, man. I don't see LeBron what? as, like, an OG. It's because he's a LeBron hater. That's I mean, why he would say that. You, you said what? I said that's because you're a LeBron hater. That's why you would say that. My answer somewhat, but how I feel like LeBron, LeBron is a beast, yeah. But I don't know. I just when I think of Hove, he has so much respect from from everyone, even motherfuckers that don't yeah. listen. And LeBron Where doesn't. I feel like, yeah, LeBron doesn't have that level of respect from everybody. No, I disagree. I like, but but the thing is, is he should. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really like, even if you take the basketball. Out of the equation, my man has literally done everything right. He's never been in the press for anything negative. Yeah. He, ain't, he ain't never gambled. He ain't never, and I'm not, you know, throwing anyone, you know, trying to, you know, you know he ain't he's never gambled. He's better than Oak. Yeah. yeah, he ain't never gambled. That wasn't even him. 
That wasn't even, yeah, exactly. That wasn't even really good. <laughs> what you got, yay? That's tough to be put on the spot with this question, man. That's, that's a, <laughs> uh, that, is a, that is a hard question, though. I, I know. I know it is. But it's going to get you back. I would say maybe Kanye kind of like, like Curry, because, you know, when uh, when Ye dropped his first album, people were kind of like, eh, is it, it going to be as tight as his beat? You know, because he was known as a producer before, you know, and then he dropped his own album, dropped the college dropout, and, you know, it actually beat out his mentor, Jay-Z, in the Grammys. He won uh, Album of the Year. And a lot, I feel like a, a lot of people are like, uh, I don't like that, Yeah, because when, you know, he came out of Davidson, a lot of people were kind of like, okay, is he really gonna be hot like he was in college? Or like, you know, how he made that crazy run in the March Madness tournament with this little college that nobody had really known about. And then he just turned that whole franchise around. <sighs> I don't know, man. I agree with the beginning, the the, the backstory. It's similar. No, I, I like, can see it. I can see it. I, I see it, but at the same time, it's like, just because we're trying to do that now, it's like... But Curry is kind of, like, hated yeah. right now as well. You said what? I said Curry is kind of not liked in the NBA as well because of the Warriors. Yeah, in a way, in a way. That's, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good comparison. It's just... I don't know, like, Kanye has changed so much, man, from what he, he used yeah. to be. I kind of like that, though. Yeah, he, he definitely keeps up with, with the trends, though. I'll, I'll give him that. He, he stays relevant. He's going to stay relevant. But I, don't, I don't think anybody has such a, like, a diverse discography. Sure. Like, think about it. Like, yeah, his first, what, four albums were true hip-hop albums, but then when he dropped Jesus, it was like, those wild beats and everybody's like, "What is this?" But they're, you know, it grew on it grew on you. Yeah. Then, oh, I just, you know, I just got one. One just came to me. Fucking, I'm gonna yeah. compare Snoop to to KG to Kevin Garnett. Man. Yeah. I think I think I would do that just because of how how gritty um, KG is mm-hmm. throughout his career. And yeah, yeah he came straight out of high school. He started off young. Snoop, same thing. Snoop was young, repping that shit from the jump. And just because of his presence, and everybody respects KG. Snoop has higher numbers, but also want him to continue because even after um, the NBA, KG is still relevant. Man. He's oh, still yeah. doing his shit. Like he was. Just, I just saw fucking Uncut Gems, and this nigga was in that movie. Like, had a a, a, a real role. It wasn't like a um, what's that shit called? Uh, like an extra. But the way you. Extra. Why'd you say Uncut Gems like it just came out though? Why did I say that? No, you said it like it just came out and you watched it. Because I just saw it. <laughs> it just came out to me. I mean, it's been out for a minute, but I'm sure everybody that's seen it can relate to that. Hey, you still ain't brought nothing to the table, bro. That's two on me. It's two on you. you got? I ain't got nothing right now, man. On the topic. I ain't got nothing right now, bro. <laughs> that is a hard question, though. <laughs> to just spring on me, though. That's, this is tough. It, it, it is tough, man. It, it is a tough one. Now, I was going to let you know beforehand that you wanted the, the end of the moment. I did want the end of the moment, but you didn't tell me it was going to be this in-depth. <laughs> This is not something you can really just go off the dome with. I think the hardest one to decide is like Tupac and Big. I don't even know who I would compare those. Exactly. That's what I was thinking in the back of my head. Because like when you throw that out, it's like it's it's got to be solid. It does. It does. You're right. Maybe uh. I could say, like, AI for Tupac, maybe. AI? Why, why, why do you say that? Just because of... A little closer to AI, only because, you know, AI really brought the whole, like, the, the hip-hop culture to NBA. Right. The tattoos and the braids and all that, and, you know, Pac was an outlaw. They were outlaws in, in similar ways for their... 
for their own like way means of entertainment. Just because the niggas is both big, <laughs> but <I'm> not, <laughs> that's actually not a half bad comparison. <laughs> you coming on the show, Des. I mean, it's this was past due, for sure. We should have did this yeah. some time ago and actually would have visuals and all that. But, um, you know how it is. Life hits. Yeah, COVID, dog. Yeah, life, man. COVID affected everybody, man. But this ain't, COVID's nothing for you, bro. You ain't tripping at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, a lot of those turkeys like, we used to just being told Oh, you can't do this, can't do that. So having to stay inside and chill and you know, just embrace what we got right now, that's that's nothing new. Honestly. Nah. Nah, certainly not, bro. I felt so I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate you coming in, stopping in. I felt I had each other. All right, man. You got uh um not before you hop off though, you ain't got um Put on your IG or anything else yeah. you want to throw out there. Tell people where they can find you. Oh yeah, man! Y'all can follow my uh, y'all can follow my journey. You know, post open heart surgery at a that's five one nine. Um, that's 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 the only really no social media platform I'm on right now. Okay. All right. Well, with that being said, y'all, hope y'all you guys enjoyed this episode. A little bit different than our past episode. It's more like an interview, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Story like that. Um, deuce, deuce, y'all. Later. Right